This is Jennifer Gonzalez welcoming you to episode 83 of the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a close look at an innovation class, a model for self-directed, real-world learning right inside a regular public school. I hear it all the time. The world is changing and schools need to change. Lots of us recognize that we should no longer be relying on the old model, where we just dump information into our students' brains and they regurgitate it back. The world we live in today requires more of people. Problem-solving skills, creativity, collaboration, the ability to innovate, iterate, and design solutions for problems that don't even exist yet. The way we do school now just doesn't prepare kids the way it should. It's a good message, a true message, but too often that message leaves us hanging. We nod along, we agree that things need to be different, but then we go back to doing more or less what we've always done because we aren't exactly sure how to change school. Luckily, more people are starting to figure it out. And part of my mission here is to share their ideas with you. In episode 62, I interviewed the teachers at the Apollo School an innovative program blending history, English, and art that's run inside a public high school in Pennsylvania. In episode 73, we talked to Stephen Ritz, whose incredible urban gardening projects transformed his Bronx classroom and the lives of his students. And in episode 38, we heard about an underused middle school library in Ohio that completely reconfigured its space into a collaborative, flexible, technology-rich learning hub that now stays busy all the time. In this episode, we'll look at another model for 21st century learning, a year-long elective offered in an Indiana high school where students design and execute their own passion-driven projects. The course is called Innovation and Open Source Learning, and the teacher's name is Don Wetrick, who is my guest today. In our conversation, Don tells me about how he first launched the course in his school, how he structures it to build in both accountability and freedom for his students, and how he's changed and improved the program over the past six years. He also drops several 80s pop references, which I'm learning is just a thing Don does. He says we're totally bros now, so I think I'm allowed to say stuff like that. My hope is that when you hear about this innovation class, you'll start to think about how you might implement something similar in your own school. If not a fully-fledged class, then maybe an after-school club or a pull-out program, a way to differentiate for some students, but something. After you listen to this, head over to Don's website, which is startedupinnovation.com where you'll find links to his podcast, his Facebook page, and his YouTube channel, where he shares his daily video logs that document his students' work in class. You'll also find links to his website if you go to cultopedagogy.com, click on podcast, and go to episode 83. Before we get started, I'd like to thank my sponsor, My Simple Show. My Simple Show is this really cool online tool that allows you to create your own animated videos for free. It's so easy and fast. You just write your script or upload your PowerPoint, let My Simple Show find images to match it, then fine tune it until it's done. It would be perfect for flipping your classroom or having students create their own videos. 
MySimpleShow.com now offers premium options and special plans just for educators. Try your first video for free and inquire about the special education and classroom offers at MySimpleShow.com. I would also like to thank you for the reviews you've left on iTunes and for recommending this podcast to your colleagues. After doing 83 episodes, I think there really is something for everyone here, and I would love for more teachers to be listening. If you'd like to support the work I'm doing here, please recommend the podcast to a friend and take a minute to leave a review on iTunes. It really does make a difference. Now let's learn about teaching innovation with Don Wetrick. I saw you do a Facebook Live just the other day, and you were talking about how there's so many of us in education spaces saying that kids need to be more innovative and and we need to stop the drill and kill and it needs to be student-led but not a lot of people are actually doing it and that we need to start doing stuff and and your answer to that if i'm remembering the facebook live correctly is that and i do think this is the problem is that nobody's got a real model for how to do this and you were saying if you need to have innovation classes in your in your schools yeah. and and you've done this now for a couple of years so the purpose six. of us talking today is six years okay so that's great because it's really well developed now is for us to just talk about what is this innovation class what is it um what is so great about it and how does one get something like this started in their school yeah um man there's a lot to unpack there uh, can i, I start know. from the beginning <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My, my, my beginning was, um, several years ago. I mean, what now? Seven, I think, um, just an email that said, watch this. And it was a link. I've actually saved this email because it's so important to me. And it was, it was a, mm. it was a link to Daniel Pink's Ted talk. And, uh -huh. you know, I'm sure a lot of your audience has seen it. If they haven't, um, at, right after this podcast, make sure you go to YouTube or Ted.com and look up Dan Pink puzzles of motivation. So he goes on to tell, you know, people about, you know, the 20% time at Atlassian and then later and most famously Google. And then I was thinking, wow, what he said rang true because he kind of made the point that people don't work for money. They work for mastery, autonomy, purpose. And I was like, okay, so what do we work for in school? Grade. That is our unit of monetization. So long story made short, I um, started doing a genius hour before there was a term genius hour, which by the way, caveat, I don't really like the term yeah. genius hour. So... Okay, why? Anyway, yeah. um, because because the term genius is so, no, uh -uh. it's a measurement of a lot of times like testing ability. And well, anyway, I don't want to get into those semantics. Yeah. I just, it's I just too don't want loaded to though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, right. anyway, so I, 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 I try it and um, it was terrible. Matter of fact, the funny part of it is, is that I too would call it 20% time because it worked for 20% of my kids. Um, mm. <laughs> because there was, there was this, all this, there was all this anticipation and like, this is going to be great. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, what do you guys want to work on? I don't know. Yeah. Like you guys have talked to me about wanting to be free and work on things you're passionate about. What are you passionate about? <laughs> How am I going to get an A on this? Yeah. And, yep. and so I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like when people are like, oh, genius hour is great. It's, it's a freaking nightmare at first <laughs> if you're in high school. Okay. So if you're in okay. high school, if you're in middle school, it's a little bit, it's, it's still difficult in, in like the first, second, third grade. It's, I, I hate to use the word easy. It, it's, it's a lot simplified because the kids then still have passion and enthusiasm and a love of learning. And we haven't beaten it out of them yet. 
asterisk. Right. Yet. Right. Um, so uh, anyway, we we had just enough success with those, which. Ironically enough, the 20% of the kids that did well were, I'm using my air quotes, um, bad students. Mm-hmm. And and that's to say that they, they, you know, they're like, seriously, you're going to let me work on this? Yeah. All right. Get on my way. Yeah. Meanwhile, this, the, the 4.3 GPA kid was like, okay, what do you want me to do? No, no, no. What do you want to do? I don't know. Yes. And I still I, run into that. I've heard so, this story before. Um, I've heard this from other teachers too, that it's those, the ones it's, it's who universal. well in that system they kind of freak out because they they're 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 set to press and play, and it's like, wait a second, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. right. Well, and 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 I think that's that's the that's the cruel joke that we're playing. Hmm. Good students, I've I've got, I've had some that have you know come and went, and good students, there's not a lot of availability for them in the job force. Hmm. Hey, I can memorize stuff and tell you what you want right. to hear. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, the kids that like to disrupt, the kids that like to work independently, the kids that white like to chase, you know, an idea down till it's, you know, failing and then they learn how to react from it. Like there's a huge future in that. <laughs> so, um, little by little, you know, I, I've just picked up things along the way and, and probably my favorite thing to recount was, you know, my dad's wise words several years ago. I wrote this in my books, my favorite thing to talk about. You know, when I was in, um, my mom and dad paid for all of my education. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad were in it. Well, my mom wasn't in education, but she was a stay-at-home mom, but that makes her in education. And so is my sister, and so is my dad. And so for the first three years of my um, being out of college, I, w- I worked for a think tank in Indianapolis. <laughs> and I just didn't like it, and I wanted to be like my dad. And... Um, long story made short, I said, you know, dad, I'm going to, I'm not asking for money, but I think I'm going to go back and, and be, you know, get my teaching degree. And he's like, you know, you can, he's like, that's fine. He's like, just promise me one thing that you, you can teach for the next 20 years, but promise me you won't teach one year, 20 times. Mm. And that, that's been innovation to me. Yeah. So when I started this wacky class, which there's a whole long story on how I got that approved. Um, but you know. It, like each year is different. Yeah. And and the students know that like they're not working for me. I'm busting my butt working for them. Yeah. They every nine weeks tell me what's not working. Mm-hmm. They tell me what's motivating them. You, you want to talk about personalized learning. This is the pinnacle. And that's why I think on my, and I'm sorry if I was like, it was right at the um, fall break. So I was getting a little chippy. Um, and I was like, uh, like, I'm tired of making apologies for it. Right. The 20% time genius hour movement is the greatest thing in education, period, exclamation point, underlined, italicized. Because if we don't give our time to, for students to do this kind of thing, like, like, uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, there is, you cannot be innovative if you haven't hit the standards. Like, if you don't know how to read, write, if you don't understand scientific method, you're not going to be innovative. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm not throwing out everything. I'm not. Right, right. But could you give me 20% of the time? <laughs> and I actually, I, I, I wrote a blog on this. Like, people are like, well, 20% time what? I'm like, I'm glad you asked. I break it down to a um, have to, should, and want to. So the 50% of your time is things you have to do. Okay. I get it. Cover your standards, right, man. Right, That's They're awesome. I mean, a lot of standards are there for a reason. They're good. The, the 30% of those is things that you should do. Right. Like PBL, 
like backing up some of the things, the skill and drill stuff that you had to suffer through, 30% of that time now should be things you should do. That leaves 20% time for you to want to. Mm-hmm. So if you're a good math teacher and you've taken them through some really great simulations, now they may want to use what they've been armed with to do things that they're passionate about. Or like, not even passionate, it's a loaded word as well. Yeah. But like what they're compelled to do, what they're like, dude, wouldn't it be cool if? Right. That's why... I love it so much. Just 20% of my time, man. That's it. And, right. and this is also why, sorry, and I'll shut up. This is so hard for me to not. No, go. You've so, got the passion. Like, in go. high school, <laughs> I, I, okay, okay, no. So, but, like, like at the, at the high school level, okay, and this is what I work with most schools. At the elementary level, like, this is easy. You know, like 20 minutes on a Friday, well, actually, like, I always let the students dictate to me, what the calendar is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times elementary students will either pick Monday or Friday. They either want to start their week off with awesomeness or end <laughs> it. In the middle school, this is this is the thing I love. If you're teamed, and most a lot of middle schools are, mm-hmm. when because the, the battle cry is, when am I going to fit this into my right. schedule? I've got to cover standards. I'm like, could you do it once a month? Could you give me 30 minutes a month? And they're like, well, what would that do? Because on this week, it's science. And next week, it's social studies. Mm. And the next week, it's... And so you share the responsibility. And, I, and I've worked with most schools that this is kind of a bonding thing with the team as well, the teachers. They start asking them about their projects. And then at the high school level, this my humble opinion, I don't like Genius Hour right. in high school. Okay. It's got to be its own elective. Okay. So this is an elective class. So the, the class that you developed in your high school, it was a separate elective. Yeah. And it's called Innovation Class. Innovation and Open Source Learning. The class is about seven, maybe eight weeks long. And that's the innovation side. I teach those six to seven, eight weeks. Okay. The rest of the year is open source learning, uh-huh. which is if the kids know how to, like, how much do I know of coding good Android apps? I don't. Uh-huh. Shocker. Right. If the kid wants to do an event that will make a pet shelter, a no-kill pet shelter, how much do I know about that? Not a lot. Right. But I know a lot of people. Yeah. And so, like I said, like, I work for them. So some of our students are like, hey, Mr. Wetrick. I need to find a guy who specializes in blank. Yeah. And so I'll try to help dig that up. I, I prefer they find them, but they have that time to collaborate with people, and that's why it's called open source learning. Uh-huh. They, they start finding other sources of information other than, like, I'm pretty dumb in a lot of areas. <laughs> and, and so what I do then is I set them up with, you know, how to, one – how to create a great social media profile where people want to follow you, that they're shocked and amazed that somebody at 16 years old is going to be ta- you know, tackling great problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you know how to set smart goals. Mm-hmm. You know how to state something and then back it up. Mm-hmm. And then three, like everybody this year, and I hate to make demands too many, but everybody this year either has to have a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, see, to me, that makes because, perfect you know, sense because sh- you need a you need something that is public facing, so people get to know what your what your deal is and what your yeah. Well, I'm actually paraphrasing yeah. it for you, and they're and, and, they're, and they're held accountable. Uh-huh. If and if they if if they if they make their things like, hey, I'm going to do this, and 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 this is not me ripping on kids. This is most adults I know. Mm-hmm. I call it the lottery ticket mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do when I win this lottery? Mm-hmm gonna buy my mom a car okay you're not because you're not gonna win <laughs> so when people tell or, or, or actually one one of my students said you know this class is the difference between um a new year's resolution and doing it yeah and it's my job that yeah. you do it so the rest of the year i'm i 
and, and they grade themselves. They turn in reflections every two weeks. And we have these little circuit breakers, right? Or in Silicon Valley, they call them the pivots, right? Uh -huh. So every two weeks, they're telling me what works or what right. doesn't. And, and I'm, I'm just asking them, like, what did you accomplish? And, and some kids were like, yeah, I did some things. And I, did, I talked to a guy. And I'll just look at him and go, uh-huh. So what do you think you got this week? Well, I mean, I was really busy. Or sometimes they're like, hey, I, I, I worked my butt off and nothing worked. Right. Awesome. Because in, in the beginning of class, like, do, 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 I, do I fail this week because it didn't work? I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. You learned more about what didn't work this week. This is awesome. Okay. I want to I want to roll back a little bit. So you the first six seven weeks of this course is you is much more sort of direct instruction. And I'm assuming at this point you're sort of equipping them to handle the remainder of the school year when it's the open source learning. Yep. So can you give me a couple of bullet points on what you're actually covering? I think you sort of you sort of hinted at a lot of this stuff already, but um, what are the main things you yeah. want to hit during those first couple of weeks? Uh, number one, how, how to think differently and how to think for yourself. So, uh, okay, you know, like we have a couple of TED Talks that we watch. Um, we'll play a couple of games. Like Disruptus is such an easy, fun game that I think that, you know, gets a lot of things going. Disruptus? Um, yeah. I don't know this It's on game. Amazon. Okay. At this point, I really think I should get a cut of her sales because <laughs> I've, I've sold a lot of games. Um, I'll give them like a short excerpts from books. I have them listen to podcasts. I'll, you know, like we read like 11 pages from um, Seth Godin's uh, uh, Lynchpen. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I'll show them clips from like, um, what was Tony Wagner's film called? Uh, Most Likely to Succeed. Okay. And, and, and I'll show them all the urgency, like all this media on school should change, school should change, school should mm -hmm. change. And then most notably, I even said, I'm like, what, are, you know, what do you not like about mm -hmm. school? And so I let them tell me all the things that the class is by saying what you don't like. Because instinctively, what we always say is, you know, when am I going to use this in real life? We need to make it relevant. When do I have time to like have things that I'm passionate about? Check, check, right. check. You have it now. Like this class is the ultimate mirror to your face. Right. So when all these, so when everybody's complaining and, and, and that's one of the funny things about our class, like I turn my kids into doers and it, I hate to say this, but it starts affecting their relationships with other people because they're like, oh, just shut up and do it. Yeah. You know, they, they, they see everybody else on social media and oh, everything is sucks and everything is terrible. And they're like, what are you doing about it? Seriously? Like, what are you doing <laughs> oh, about no. it? And so they turn into doers. No, they're they're amazing, but I'm serious. And 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 the other thing that I, I I hate, but and I'm very upfront with it with the parents. I have my own extra back to school night. Like sometimes grades go down. Yeah. Because I always compare I always compare them to Marines. You know, like little guys get big, but like really big guys get leaner, and eventually a Marine looks like a Marine. Mm -hmm. So my DNF students start to. St get C's because they're like, look, I want to stick around. Hmm. So their GPA goes up a little bit. But straight A students start looking at some of this and like, okay, they used to dedicate two hours a night to homework, but like in some ways I hate it and in other ways I don't yeah. at all. But their grades slip a little bit because they're like, I'm working on my business. I'm about to launch. Or I've got this event that I'm throwing in two weeks, and there's no way in heck I have so time for that this. So it's that their grade so. doesn't go down sort of in your class. It's that they're starting to let their other coursework drop because they're just that excited about what yeah. they're doing in your class. 
opportunity cost one right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you teach you're teaching them how to think differently. There's a lot of sort of inspiring stuff going on in those first weeks and helping them understand even the point of this course at all. Um, are there any sort of more mm -hmm. uh, like uh, beyond the inspiration, hands-on practical types of things yeah, that they're I mean, learning it, too? Okay. Yeah. Like what? Absolutely. Um, like some of our methodologies, we learn Roth IRA, huh. um, which other than a tax advantage savings vehicle, uh, Roth IRA is our, is our methodology of how we work. It's our two-week cycle. So Roth is an acronym. So realization, open discussion, tussling, and homogeneous grouping. So a lot of times um, as I'm sending them podcasts to listen to, things to do, you know, whatever, I'm going to ask them to just go observe things. And so they'll get this realization like, oh, my gosh. And then when they do, I'm asking them to jot it down. And that goes to the O, which is open discussion. Okay. That open discussion, like all of a sudden, like what you thought may have been a good idea, you say out loud. And then the rest of the group, it's their turn to fight, which uh -huh. is tussle. So sometimes, like, ev like every other Monday, we have the Roth part. So in this open discussion, somebody's like, I've got this great idea. And then somebody's like, no, no, it's not. Did you think about this? Right. And then uh, oftentimes when, when the really artsy kid meets the tech kid or when yeah, opposites yeah. meet, um, they takes two steps forward. I take two steps back. We get together because, sorry, all I'm doing. Come <laughs> I on, know, Jennifer. You didn't. <laughs> sorry. I'm so right. sorry. Play into an empty room. <laughs> so opposites attract. And that leads to homogeneous, which is the H, which is homogeneous grouping. Not ability grouping, but they're like group themselves i don't want them to pick their uh -huh. friends again sorry about the paul dual <laughs> no, reference next this. time it'll be thank prince. you i would um, have gotten the prince it, one prince are maybe greater. <laughs> okay well just warning okay. it, it's it's coming and so um that was that was the fun part right the roth that's the i'm gonna mm -hmm. do and and oftentimes it's fun to talk about what you're i'm gonna code uh -huh. an app i'm gonna i'm gonna start an organization that's gonna help puppies not get you know, euthanized, right. or whatever. It feels good. Now now comes the hard part. That's the IRA. And that's the, in, in day number one, or the the new mm -hmm. week is ideation. What's, what's keystroke one? What is prototype number one? What is phone call one? What is right. connection one? And then I give everybody two weeks, which this is the critical thing. If you've done a genius hour, I, I see, and I, I'm going to come across arrogantly, I see people say, this year, my genius hour product, th mm. this year? Mm. This year, this week, bro, <laughs> maybe like I give it two weeks. Okay. I give it two weeks because in those two weeks that like, cause they were going to like, cause in my, when I first started this class, I'd give them way long and then they'd right. BS me for like uh -huh. four or five weeks and then they'd admit okay. it wasn't working. So, so after two weeks, after two weeks, I go, this isn't working. And short time frames, one, it gives you better tight feedback loops. And number two, like they can't BS their way through it. Like y you write yeah. goals down. Yeah. So, um, so then that, that, that's, that's the ideation. And then the, the RNA is reflect and adjust every two weeks. Give me your podcast. Every two weeks, give me your blog. It, and the most time consuming thing is they turn that into the public. What they're really doing is interviewing me every two weeks, which is yeah. time consuming. That's why I like it if they're in groups right. of two and three. Um, but they reflect. And, and then, so I even tell them like, don't, don't BS me. Tell me what's working. Like, don't, don't tell me what's great. What are you struggling with? How can I help? I, I don't this, even care about the grade. I want you this, to reflect on it and then just go ahead. Sorry. Right. No, no, no. I, I want to make sure I'm understanding the timeline. This Roth IRA stuff, this is also, this is not happening in that first 
seven weeks. This is now we're into the open source learning section. No, 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 no. We we get to understand that flow. You're, um, so you're teaching them what the are. Okay, you're teaching them about the Roth IRA flow. I'll, I'm teaching them how the workflow is. Okay. Eventually, we model the behavior. We have a very tight all class project. I gotcha. Which you know, it yeah, just to model so that it. they can imagine. Okay. Because the idea here, once you get to sort of this, the end of this first chunk of time is that they all, they all leave this direct instruction period, understanding that they're going to be expected to sort of, how do you phrase it? They have to solve a problem in the world. They have to, they've, they've got to be choosing some sort of a major project. Like, how is it that they Oh, I'm so glad from, you're segueing this. Uh, you see what I'm yes. saying? Like, how do they so, go from coming into the class to understanding what exactly they're going to be doing? Well, that's that's where they're scared. Okay. Matter of fact, we, 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 we joke that they have this kind of look on their face in like September, like, what am I going to choose an innovation class to work on? And then normally by November, they're saying, what am I going to limit myself to in mm -hmm. innovation class? Like they start falling in love with problems. Okay. So we observe. When you hear people say, you know what sucks? Their uh -huh. ears are going, what? There's money to be made. There, okay. there's, there's problems to be solved. Uh -huh. And so they become active like searchers of, of problem solving. Mm -hmm. And and so that's why, like, pick your lane. If you're really into social justice, look around. What can you do to fix it? And don't go to a protest and that's it. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. If your thing is, you know, animal cruelty, what are you going to do? If your thing is making money, what are you going to do? And that gets into my rule of thirds. This is my favorite thing. Okay. Rule of thirds is like when they're submitting their their um, proposal to me, because I don't just let them do anything. I have to take a look and go, okay. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a bad idea, sometimes I let them as long as they can prove the rule of thirds. Rule number one, are you passionate about it? That's where most genius hours just go. There's, are you passionate about it? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. That's easy. That one's easy. Yeah. Number two, what's your skills acquisition on this? Okay. And then number three, who is it benefiting other than you? Because mm. I don't care if you're successful. I want you to be empowering others. Mm. So, like, one of the things that truly shook me in my core years ago when I did read Lynchpin by Seth Godin, and this is why I have this section in, in there early in the year, is that he said education can come down to two things, solving interesting problems and leadership. Okay. And in those two things, I, that's my rule of thirds, basically. Okay. And so, um, so case in point, like, uh, last year I had a student come up to me and he says, hey, Wetrick, he submitted this portfolio and he's like, I want to learn how to day trade, like really good. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh -huh. Let's go over the rule of thirds. He's rolling his eyes. He's like, okay, here we go. I'm like, are you passionate about it? He's like, bro, I'm making money. I want to make money. I'm like, okay. Skills acquisition. He's like, are you kidding? Holds, puts, options. I mean, I don't know about the stuff, commodities market, but it's going to be fun to learn. I'm like, okay. Uh -huh. Rule number three, who's it benefiting other than you? <sighs> I mean, I want to make money. Wetrick. I said, well, I'm not going to approve it. And, and by him, forcing him to go, okay, okay, okay. And then his eyes light up. He's like, okay, how about I have a stock club during academic lab? As I learn, I can also teach some of my other students and we can like pool our money and do a stock portfolio and see if we can like make money, which turns out you really can't pool money in school and but anyway simulated money they can but like but he he did a rule of thirds and it just worked and so i think that a rule of thirds is good for every genius hour yeah it's just it's good practice 
passion, skills, who's it helping? Did you approve it? Yeah. When he, when After he, he told when me he was going to do a club. Right. He's going to teach other people how to do it. And then it, then it met that, thir- yep. that last third. Absolutely. I'm going to take a quick break to thank this episode's other sponsor, PeerGrade. PeerGrade is a platform that makes it easy to facilitate peer review in your classroom. Students review each other's work, while PeerGrade takes care of anonymously assigning reviewers and delivering all the relevant insights to teachers. With PeerGrade, students learn to think critically and take ownership of their learning. They also learn to write kind and useful feedback for their peers. PeerGrade is free to use for teachers and students. To learn more, visit cultofpedagogy.com slash peergrade. Now let's get back to the interview. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap a little bit, make sure I'm understanding this. Okay, so the class starts. It sounds like the kids, because they've heard about it through word of mouth, I guess, they know that in this class they're going to be expected to have something, some t- sort of a project. But what if somebody was starting this brand new? How would they introduce this idea to students of like, because they would say, what is this class? Why would I take it? What are we doing? Are, are, you, are you talking, how do you how do you introduce the class or how do you introduce a genius hour? Um, well, I'm imagining, imagine we're, we're talking about a, a high school teacher who wants to do this in their school. Because at this point, you've been doing it okay. for so long that kids come to you already thinking about what right. am I going to do for the innovation class? Because it's not a new thing anymore. But if it's brand new, yeah. like, what, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What do you say to them? First, the first thing you're going to have to do is battle the administration. Of course. <laughs> uh, although I know a lot of it's superintendents and the principal. Well, like, like, and you may even have to, like, petition the state. Mm. I mean, like, like the first year I did this, there was such a vague title in Indiana that I was like, that's vague enough. I can I can work with it. And then eventually I wrote my own. Okay. Um. So, like, step number one is seeing what title it could fit under. Step number two is working with I, – I, I would – like anything, like anything in, in what we do is I, I prototype small. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't say we're we're doing the school wide. I'd start with a class of 20. Right. This is just right? one period a day. And okay. yep. And, and and if you really want to melt my heart, I mean, you want to make my day, make it an alternative class. What do you mean by alternative? Freaking blow your mind. You mean alternative as in bad kids. kids that, right, of course. Bad yeah. kids. Okay. Yep. Yep. They totally will kick. Anyway. Yeah. So- <laughs> Um, like round them up. And, and even if you want to rally the troops, you're like, because if you let them think that it's partly their idea, now they own okay, it. Okay. Because that's, that's what I like when I work with elementaries, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll like instruct some teachers. I'm like, allow them to think it's their idea or blame me. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they'll walk into class like, well, I just met this little short enthusiastic guy. Mr. Wetrick. And he was saying that he's saying that I should give you like 30 minutes on a Friday to like, he said, I should let you guys play Minecraft. Isn't that dumb? Hmm. And watch them just go nuts. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's a great idea. Well, it's not a good idea. What, like, what educational things could come out of Minecraft? And they'll start telling you, you all play the Play devil's advocate with the kids, you mean? You're talking about talking Absolutely. to the kids. Okay. Absolutely. So if you can talk the administrators yeah. into letting you give this a shot anyway, then, yes. you know, then the idea is to actually explain to the kids... You know, what what is yeah. it that I'm actually expecting from you in this class? What is this class? And could you imagine just ra- rounding up some – like say – okay. Like first of all, the people that listen to your podcast are, are that teacher anyway, yeah, yeah. right? That's why, they're, that's why they're listening to you. They're that they teacher. Otherwise, they wouldn't be giving right. a darn, you know, on professional development. So that teacher starts having a, a, a conversation of, 
uh, like a very Seth Godin. So, okay, small plug for my podcast. Um, when I interviewed Seth, he just kept going back at what is the purpose of education? Why are you here? Right. Have that conversation with your yeah. kids. Instinctively, they'll start going and they'll, they'll start proving why there should be an innovation class. And so the kids that really light it on fire. So if you have, let's just say you have six classes, mm-hmm. right? Of those six classes, you're probably going to have two to five kids that really own yeah. it. There's your 20. Okay. Gotcha. There's your 20. And you secretly, not secretly, be like, hey, I really liked your answers. I'm thinking about, you know, based on some of the things you said, I've got this crazy idea. What do you I think? I gotcha. Now, those kids are like, yeah, yeah. And it was my idea. I mean, there's like this old Saturday Night Live skit of the guy that like started the wave at a football <laughs> game. And every time it went around, he kept telling people, hey, I, I, that was me. <laughs> you see everybody standing up and saying, that was me. And, and they'll feel just as right. bad. Like, hey, you see this class? Yeah. I killed this class discussion. And then, of course, the other kid's are like, dude, I was in third five. And she told the same thing to me. But so, so you round up your early adopters, basically. You're really enthusiastic. And that's who you absolutely. launch this thing with. Okay. Yeah. So they're already fired up. And then once they're there and they and then inevitably, even though these are the fired up early adopter kids, at some point, somebody's going to say, what do we actually get a grade on here? Because this is still a class. And so then you say to them, like, your ultimate goal here is to, of course, you know, figure out something you're passionate about the rule of thirds all of that but like what is the end product is it is it the task itself like you each kid are going to well, I mean, what your it, task is yes i mean okay. and you let them know that the, the you know just be honest with them like i was dreaming when i wrote this forgive me if i go too fast <laughs> there it is <laughs> there it I is i was waiting but for like, it. like thank you um i was keep you waiting uh, and the waiting is the hardest part at least we're having fun so yes, okay. anyway i've been waiting for this because jennifer i know you well enough yet we don't really know each other well enough yeah. that after this prod after this podcast we're totally bros oh thank right? you i i so, yeah that's yeah. a huge yeah. honor to be a bro with you so thanks right yeah okay as long as okay yeah i'm glad you weren't offended like i'm not a bro yeah. anyway all right so but yeah i'd let them like like, we're making this up as we go along. Isn't this fun? Yeah. You know, because I have changed my grading system seven times because I'm working what works best for my students. And ultimately, it's how can I hold you accountable to the things that you said you're going to do? Okay. So, <laughs> like, I, I think that everybody should have this class. Hell, I, I work with, sorry, language. I, I, I work with teachers and stuff that they're like, you know, we should have this as professional development. You're darn straight you yeah. should. Yep. I've actually just recently seen murmurs of this, of teachers doing genius hour types of things. So that's hopefully on its way. So, okay, but if you've, if you've reiterated your grading system that many times, I would guess that looking back on the first couple of years, you could point to certain things that you're like, that is definitely a don't. <laughs> Too many. I mean, in terms Too of many. just the grading, in terms of just the grading and accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it, you know, the, the pinnacle of irony is that when I first got started, I had this compliance based system. Okay. And they hacked it. Okay. I'm like, I had like this, I had this like formula mm-hmm. that like the amount of because in the beginning when my principal was like what standards are you covering like i've got the most supportive principal and superintendent in the world but in the beginning it was like what standards are you hitting and i would tell them they're identifying it mm-hmm. so like when a kid says i want to write an app i'm like great what three like knock out three standards okay 
and they're taking ownership of their education. So I used to have this formula that I'm like, okay, um, depending on how many weeks you think it's going to take and how many standards you're knocking out, it's going to be, and I said you had to have 100 points by the end of the semester. And they would even negotiate, like, they would tell me in their um, proposal how much they thought it was going to be worth. Well, I, like, they, they, they set me into a trap because they were, like, in some cases BSing their way through it because they're like, okay, if you're going to, if I have to comply to this, this like, arbitrary 100, mm. now, I, I did like the, I did like the art of negotiation. Mm-hmm. And because they, I mean, it was, it was like, I deserve uh, 60 points for this four week project. And I'm like, you deserve a 20. I'll see your 20 and I'll have a, and, and we <laughs> like did this dance. And that, I mean, that was a great skill. Like I still, I still kind of miss it, yeah. but I, I had to realize that as much as I like, you know, don't believe in uh, like a lot of, lot of compliance stuff, but I will say this here, here's the catch 22. For you to have this work, the early years, um, it, it will be a lot of failure, like anything in innovation. Um, but the weird thing is, especially past fifth grade, this idea is going to be so foreign to them that they'll still feel like you have to give me an A through an F. Mm. You have to give me. So this is kind of that, that gradual release of responsibility kind of thing. So. Even if in the first semester you want to have a little bit more of a traditional, mm-hmm. um, you can start moving away from it. If you start off loosey goosey, it's it's uh, it's it's you know that whole hey man, I want you to learn. It's all about the learning. Yeah, yeah whatever. I need an A. Right, right, so right. So you can always loosen up. Okay, yeah. so you could you can start it a little bit more traditional, and you would just base that on participation and reflections and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm heavily on. Well, heck, I'm. I'm to the point now where the and I'm not why well, I'm bragging. The class is so awesome now hmm. where I'm I'm basing it off of the reflections. And, and 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 then really the feedback they're giving to me in person. And and I'm not going to say like the beginning it was 20 80, 20% of the kids got it, 80% of them didn't. Now I'm at about 80 20 or 85 15 yeah. where I still get occasionally a couple of kids that are like look, my dad said I should take this class cuz you know, he heard about it. I don't know what I want to do. I just want to be told what to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Uh-huh. Like, there's some people that just don't. But my thing that I wanted to rectify for the sins of the past is I wanted this class to be for those kids that are like, just leave me alone so I can work on yeah. my stuff. Yeah. And then to be supported. The kid that likes to be told to sit down and shut your mouth and work on and, and, me- and memorize this. I mean, they don't like it. And that's fine. Right. Like the, the rest of this, you know. There's a lot of things there for them in school to to do. It breaks my heart, um, but you know, it's this class is not for everybody. I'd like it for it to be everybody, but it's not. Well, for I think some people just they're not there mentally yet, and they've you know, for somebody to be given this opportunity like this when they've never had anything like this before and they're 17 years old, it's already they've got some neural pathways that are already getting, you know, pretty solid. So yeah, well, and the social pressure. Uh, like this social, uh, you know, I wonder if Ava's up. My own daughter yeah. is was petrified. Like, so uh, I'm living a dream. I, I wanted my oldest daughter in this class in the worst way. And so she's a junior. And so she took the class. And there was like this social pressure of she's in the innovation class. And it, we've got a pretty good footprint. Yeah. And so there was this paralyzing pressure that I need to go out and change the world. And I'm like, no, you don't, Ava. You need to go out and find some opportunities. Everything will even itself out. 
Hey, let me, I got a question really quick, because uh, this is sort of a, along the same yeah. lines. The two-week thing, you, you said you're looking at two-week sort of cycles. Yeah. So do you have some kids that kind of like bip and bop around all year to different things, and then others who are on a yep. very steady sort of path of like, here's another incremental goal, here's another incremental goal, and they stay yes. focused on the same thing? Yes. And 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 here, I'll tell you the, the median. So I've most projects that come out of the so we start like um august 1st uh -huh. we've got this balance calendar uh -huh. thing so august september it's the class and then i kind of around october give them their first project most i'd say there's like a 95 percent turnover on that first project what seemed like a good idea at the time seemed like a good idea i gotcha and then some and then some students never get past that they keep like you said you know, hopping and popping uh -huh. in and out of just two week projects. And I let them like, I, I, how many of us changed our major in college answer? Almost all of us. Right. So for them to discover what they can't like, like, dude, I thought I was going to like this. This is terrible. Yeah. Awesome. Right. right. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then we get some kids that think like, and I, I've only had one student in my seven years that knew exactly what he wanted to do at the beginning of the year. And he stuck with it all year. But by giving it that two week, okay, what do you think? It also allows them to like plan out because I'll, I'll, our proposal form, I even have like, you know, what's your one year, six month, semester, three week, two week, one week, what are you doing today goal? Um, so like everything shifts a lot of times after two weeks. What they thought was only going to take, you know, two weeks is going to take them five or what they thought was going to take them two weeks, they got done in a yeah. day. And these are all really great skills in life. So um, I don't beat them up for it if, if they didn't hit their mark, as long as they have a really good reason of why they didn't right. hit their mark. If their reason is I was talking to a guy or I was doing stuff, well, now we've got some problems. Okay, let's, you know what, I've realized that now we've been talking about all of this in the abstract. We're recording this in October. So you've got a group right now that is sort of in the thick of this. I'm imagining you've got some that are well on their way to figuring out like a big main thing for the year and others who are still really kind of searching. So could you give me maybe an example of two different kids and one that's, because I think maybe for people who, who this is still pretty new for, if they could hear examples of what types of projects and proposals these kids Absolutely. are doing, it would be real, a, a quicker path to actually being able to start doing something like this. So maybe one that's really doing well and one that's really struggling yeah well i mean first of all i know my students will listen to this so know that mr Wesher loves you <laughs> even though i said some of these are bad ideas um i'll start i'll start off <laughs> i'll start off with a like one that's going to rock people's world so um actually a former student of mine kind of uh, brought me out to ghana oh, wow. um like three years ago and things went well and we end up buying land to eventually do a school and things move on Ghanaian time. And long story made short, it hasn't really gone anywhere. And so two of my students got in touch with this guy named Kobe, who was there in Africa. And then they got a hold of the former student, uh, Pete Freeman. And he's like, hey, man, because like Pete, he's at Notre Dame on full scholarship because he's amazing and awesome. Like he got 26,000 kids health care. Wow. Because he worked with the government and an NGO. I mean, this kid is a world changer. So like my two students, both of them named Luke, were like, hey, whatever happened to you guys opening up that school of innovation? He's like, well, right now I'm fulfilling my university and my NGO responsibilities, but here's the guy. 
And so they start working with this guy, Kobe, and at first they thought they were going to, well, first of all, to build a school in Ghana is not a lot of money, mm-hmm. or at least in a right, village, right. right? So this isn't a school with like a gymnasium and, and you know, a library. This is you know, something that's going to hold Got 100 it. kids. So they look at the budget and think, I can do this, and they start looking at sustainable things that they could sell, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, they, they've had some ideas that weren't good, and then they whittled away, and they're almost fully funded. And, and they're not going to turn over money. They're like, one of them's going to live oh in Ghana. Gosh. He graduates early. He, he graduates in, um, Luke Johnston graduates in December, and so January 1, he's going to live out there. Luke, the other Luke, Luke Rex, is um, doing all the paperwork and going through the NGO process. Oh, my uh, gosh. Because they have an hour and a half every other day. And really, when I say they have an hour and a half every other day to work on this, they work on it every of day. Of course. This is so just the... Yeah. that's something that's like... Oh, yeah. This, I mean, like, neither of them... And mm, one of them is definitely not going to go to college because he doesn't, he doesn't want mm-hmm. to. Um, has good enough grades, too. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't want to. And the other one is, is on the fence whether he wants to. But both of them are like, this is really cool. It's going to... Because they believe in the class so much, the, the school is going to be based heavily on, like, our methods. Right. So um, they're going to get kids and, 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 you know, just outside of Cape Coast. Um, so it's not like a craw. It's not like a Western city. It's pretty rural. That's yeah. actually the reason why we did the school. They, they had to walk um, two hours to the nearest oh school. Oh, my goodness. So um, that's like a shining example right. of, dang. Right. And then like another one was, um, uh, da, 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 da. oh, here, here's a good idea going nowhere. <laughs> um so, well, and I say this lovingly. So these kids were like, they started out like, you know, what do you really like? Well, I like running. I like my cross country mm-hmm. team. Like, what could you do with the cross country team? And long story made short, um, we started kicking around ideas and Rick and Dick Hoyt came up, right? Mm-hmm. Rick and Dick Hoyt, if you ever want to cry hysterically, he is a older gentleman that pushes and pulls and, you know, he does triathlons with his son and his son is completely paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And he has got these like designed running wheelchairs and like we're gonna do that and it seemed like a great mm-hmm. idea until you start looking at the price of these uh-huh. and so it went from um we're gonna we're, and then we're like okay they're twelve thousand dollars a chair mm-hmm. and and we were gonna do this like this third like this thanksgiving day dinner dash um and so like little by little we kept running into we can't we can't we can't well they're like well we're gonna make our own mm-hmm. <laughs> no we're not there, there, there's things called OSHA and and all these federal regulations and and so long story made short like the idea at first is going just went nowhere yeah. and so they end up working with an organization that already has something like this and small scaling it and seeing how it goes right. you know well actually the beginning is like we're gonna have our own race no you're not hmm. why it, it, you know, if your if your whole point was to work with a, you know unable bodied athletes and have them paired up with able bodied athletes, you know that's in some ways that's called best buddies, right? And so they're like, okay, why reinvent the wheel? And so they just kept whittling away and whittling away until they finally found their you know what we call what Silicon Valley calls the MVP, the minimum uh-huh. viable product. So you know that was a good idea of a great idea. Keep scaled back. Yes. Um, Interesting. And and then there's always those like I'm going to. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to build an app. Uh-huh. Right? No, you're not. Right. Yeah, like it, you're, it's emotion talking. Okay. It's like the last night of church camp, you know? Yeah. Last night of church camp, you gather around the fire. Uh, I'm going to write you every week. Right. We're going to be best friends. I'm, re- I'm going to change this time. No, you're not. Emotion's talking. 
So we get a lot of these huge, great big ideas, uh-huh. and I will allow them a couple of weeks to figure it out of what they're up against. And most of the time, they learn how to either put things in its proper place or a couple of them look at it and go, okay, so what I need to do is, like Hunter, ironically enough, my co-founder of my company, he he's like, I'm going to design an app for, I'm uh, designed a game um, and put it on the um, Play Store. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Um, and I thought it wasn't going to work and it did. And, and, um, but that, that would, I say is easily the number one thing. Like they have these great big, you know, I'm going to cure cancer. Right. Yeah. And you're, and so part of your job is to help them understand that you don't just do that in a semester or whatever. It's to help them understand that there are smaller things that they could do that would make an actual contribution. And this sounds so awful, but get them to fail as fast as they can. Yeah. I'm going to cure cancer. Okay, go do it. A week later, yeah, I didn't know what I was up against. Uh huh. Uh huh. Great. I mean, like, and I'm a, I'm always in favor of them learning. Like the two week, yeah, feedback. If they can learn it in a week, I'm like, great. Scratch that off your list. So you, I mean, you're relaying these conversations as if you just immediately reject these ideas, but sometimes you you let them go ahead and and give the wild idea a try, and then they come back and realize they. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's kind of like we have a week where we focus on social media training. Mm Hmm. And I and and we have like you know what's a good profile all this other stuff like LinkedIn all these other things, so you know the kids like I'm I'm gonna get feedback from Andrew Luck. I'm like uh huh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Like it's not gonna happen, right. but I want them to think that it maybe it could, and then they figure out tactics. Oh man, they figured out tactics. The people we've talked to in class are ridiculous because they've found ways to get like to them. Throw, drop some names. I know you've you interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk for your podcast, so I'm assuming he talked to the yeah. Um, our, our first, so like, again, these are big names to me. Yeah. Um, but Naveen Jain, um, Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I bet a lot of teachers see, don't know a lot of these names cause they may not be. Ironically, the, yeah, yeah, that's actually why I started my podcast. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why. Like we, Tim Ferriss spent two hours with our class, which is insane. Wow. Cause I oh. think for him to speak to a group, it's like a hundred thousand dollars. But, um. <sighs> I like I email people like, hey, does anybody want to, you know, come down here and do a hangout with Tim Ferriss? And I was like, who's Tim Ferriss? Yeah. And I was like, all these people that were my, I don't say idols, people I looked up to were entrepreneurs. And that's exactly why I started my wacky podcast. I think these people are awesome and amazing. Do you have any type of a sort of download or a book or something that would walk a teacher through these steps? Or do they kind of yep. have to just fiddle around? Okay, what which of the, your, your things does that? Um, go to startitupinnovation.com. There's a couple of courses. And the other thing that I really, really recommend people do um, is that I record from the classroom every day, which actually, which Gary's the one that put me up to that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I do three to four minute videos from the classroom because I, I, I don't want to sit there and be like a talking head. There's a lot yeah. of people saying out there, hey, be innovative. What does that mean? Well, you'll meet my kids. Yeah. So every day I have little tips, suggestions. And that was since, as a matter of fact, the only day I haven't done them is now since we're on fall break. So mm-hmm. you can go back from August 1 um, through last week and see exactly what we do. And then you obviously will know what we worked on that week because I talk about it. This so that's kind YouTube of a nice channel. resource. Yep. Yeah. Well, and actually, it is my YouTube channel. That doesn't seem to get as much traction. Facebook.com slash start ed up gets a lot okay. more traction. 
So all this stuff is basically under the umbrella of Start Ed Up, which is the name of yep. your podcast. And you've got yep. the, the website now with that name also, right? Start Ed Up Innovation. Somebody okay. bought it and then tried to sell it to me for a while. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was their Genius Hour project. Yeah. They just buy domain names. <laughs> you know, people. I was, yeah, I, same thing happened to me. I was in the Netherlands and I did a cool speaking thing there for like two and a half weeks. And I met with a group. They were like, hey, we'd like to represent you to be out here and speak more in the Netherlands. I'm like, awesome. And they're like, you know, can we find more about Don Wetrick at donwetrick.com? I'm like, oh, no, my, that's not my website. They purchased the domain name in front of me. Oh. And then when I got back, they offered to sell it to me. At, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just want to be nice. How was that? Right in front of me. They're like, well, we bought it now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm learning, Jennifer. Uh. Okay. Well, so what I'm going to do for people listening is I'm going to just, I'm going to get all the URLs for everything so that people can come and find all of your stuff. And so they can just come to my site, to the podcast page. Yeah. There's big, big, there. big news that I can only allude to a little bit. Okay. But um, we've got a really special thing going with Twitch. And a lot of people are going, I don't know what Twitch is. And that's okay. You will later. And okay. That's all I can say for right now. But it's 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 special. That okay. Well, they'll good. Maybe by the time they listen, this is this is coming out in a in a couple more weeks. So maybe by that time they'll they'll say, I know what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, Don, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. I, I love your enthusiasm and I hope that this gets more people to try this. Um, I'm guessing there are probably going to be questions over on my site from people and it, can I have you come over and answer them if I can't? Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and for more pop culture references, go to at Don Wetrick <laughs> on Twitter where I will at least make, I, I'm shout out to Duran Duran. I never got around to you. So I'm sorry. Sorry. Aww. Did you have one like on deck? Ready to go? I'm, no, I mean, no. but they were, you know, that's kind of my go-to. Well, okay, kind of wow, all right. I liked Rio. I liked Rio. <laughs> well, there it is. Seven the Ragged Tiger was good too, but sorry, my forty-five-year-oldness is showing. I shall stop. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Jennifer, I, 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 I will also say this before we wrap up. Um, yeah. You do such a great service to a lot of educators, and I love it because. You're not resting on your laurels. You're putting out stuff and you're making people rethink a lot of practice. So um, even when I was talking the other day, there was a lady in the teacher's lounge and she was talking about some podcasts. And I was like, oh, are you listening to my podcast? And she's like, no, but I am listening to Cult of Pedagogy. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, I have one too. Anyway, enjoy your chicken Tetrazzini and um, talk to you later. For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, visit cultofpedagogy.com, go to podcasts, and click on episode 83. To get weekly updates on all my newest blog posts, podcast episodes, and products, sign up for my mailing list at cultofpedagogy.com slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. 
To learn more, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.